The legends of the podcast have been told for 10,000 years. Every generation, the details change. But at the center, there is always harmless phosphorescence. Everyone, this is Thoreau Smiley, and I am absolutely running from adulthood. Who's joining me this week? On a dark desert highway, it's Josh Cece. I'm Ryan Lesh, and I'll have the beef because it's all you have, right? Every day, from sunup to sundown, I was taught every possible way to bore a man or a woman. <laughs> I'm Alaric Weber. <laughs> and this is Harmless Phosphorescence. It's the podcast where we watch every theatrically released full-length live-action superhero movie ever made. We gather some research into the production and the source material, then we tell you all about it. The show is brought to you by our patrons. Patrons like executive producers Michael Beckwith and Atticus Burkett. You can be a patron, too. Just go to patreon.com slash harmlessentertainment. We got a lot of bonus content there. We got Star Wars shows, uh, holiday shows. We just did uh, Jingle All the Way. We put that up there because it was recently the old Yule time. Um, we got... Uh, a lot of music shows. A uh, buck a month is all you need. Uh, this month, we're going to be putting up uh, uh, 1992's uh, Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula. So that'll be coming later this month. That's a, that's a lot of possessives. It is. It is, but Dracula's a possessive kind of bro. Um, so yeah. patreon.com slash harmless entertainment. Check it out this week, though, on Harmless Phosphorescence. We are watching Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Throughout my life, the Ten Rings gave our family power. If you want them to be yours one day, you have to show me you are strong enough to carry them. You are a product of all who came before you. The legacy of your family. You are your mother. And whether you like it or not, you are also your father. I told my men they wouldn't be able to kill you if they tried. Glad I was right. He's just a criminal who murders people. Be careful how you speak to me, boy. I thought I could change my name. Start a new life. But I could never escape his shadow. Son, you can't run from your past. Is this what you wanted? You got this. Thank you. Jab, left foot, right hook. 
Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. It was released September 3rd, 2021, had a running time of 132 minutes, uh, cost $200 million, and it made $432.2 million, which was not bad during a COVID uptick. Um, fall 2021. Um, and a very obscure character. Yeah, I mean, but I feel like as this, far as mainstream goes, definitely, definitely. I mean, it wasn't going to do like Thor numbers necessarily, but it's still, you know, an MCU release, I think, is pretty much that's guaranteed. What I mean. Yeah, it did well. It's pretty well, much guaranteed. Like Black Panther, there are no white leads, there are really no white characters in this movie besides. Trevor and what's his name? Razor Fist. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the only angles, period. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. No, I, I love that. I love that aspect of this movie. Um, uh, let's see. Like I said, it was released September 3rd, 2021. Um, a weird time for movies. A weird time. For, uh, it's weird times we're living through, guys. Um, but that means it's time we play the box office top 10 game. This is the game where I will describe the top 10 movies of the week of September 3rd, 2021. Guys here are going to try to guess what movie I'm talking about. This was uh, about a what, year, and, year and four months ago. So uh, I don't remember any of it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's all a blur. Everything is a blur. Um, but uh, we're going to jump into it, guys. You ready to play the game? Let's do it. All right, here we go. Uh, at number 10 for the week of September 3rd, 2021. I'm just looking at the, by the way, I'm just looking at this list. And I'm like, I don't know half these fucking movies. Um, at number 10, a widow begins to uncover her recently deceased husband's disturbing secrets. Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> This is, is she the widow or the deceased husband? Um, <laughs> she's both. That's the beauty. It's got to be one of those terrible like horror movies, like the Absolutely. Lake House or oh, out of J- Josh. You you are sixty six percent of the way to the title with the Lake House. Oh my god, <laughs> Lake House, just Lake House or Lake the House by the Lake? No, no, just just lose the lake. <laughs> And the get house. another the house. No, and get get another descriptor. This old house. <laughs> another adjective. It's not really an adjective. It's no one's gonna guess it. It's the night house. A movie which oh. I am only learning of right this moment. No, I've seen the title of it. <laughs> it's, Does that mean they have a day house? Day house. And they and they fight. I mean, actually now that I'm thinking about yeah, it, I was right. I can I can piece this together. So he has a house that he goes to at night. Does that mean he doesn't spend the night with his wife? I'm so confused. I would be very confused as his wife too. Right. So he's but, got he's got a secret night house, and he goes there to do night business. Yeah, <laughs> he's working on his night cheese. Yeah. Uh, I can't. Uh, yeah, this it used to be scary kids, not scary to me. Now so many are about uh, a, a a remote cabin. Just like, like I, I don't care if the walls bled. I would love a weekend at a remote. Right, but it's cabin. not. It's not I even like, just like a remote cabin. It's like a very like. It's like a remote like upper middle class like super nice oh, getaway. Always, yeah, yeah. It's always people who can afford a cabin. But it's just like that's not terrifying to me. That sounds awesome. 
Be like, the ghosts are at it again. Doesn't matter. I'm off for three more days. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. Uh, built an alarm system, man. Damn. It's company. Um, at number nine for the week of September 3rd, 2021, a woman confronts the dark parts of her past when a dangerous <laughs> conspiracy arises. That's the Dayhouse. <laughs> this is absolutely a movie that all four of us have seen and have fairly recently discussed. Black, Black Widow. The Black Widow. Yes. Um, at number eight for the week of September 3rd, 2021. Hang on. When did Black Widow come out? Uh, it was August. August. Yeah. Month later. Hanging on. Or, they, okay. uh, there's only like ever like eight movies at a time out now because right. you know, streaming has gutted the theater industry. <laughs> Uh, for some reason, uh, for some reason, I feel like it was June, but I don't know. Whatever. I felt earlier, but it was August, according to our notes. <laughs> for it felt longer ago because of Christmas. Yeah, yeah, it really did. And maybe Thanksgiving, but anyway, I digress. Uh, yeah. So uh, yes, at number eight, a group of friends try to achieve a goal despite large obstacles in their way. Honey, I shrunk the kids. There, I, that was actually pretty misleading. A group which comes together as friends, which were not previously friends. This is as vague uh, as I can possibly make a movie, which we have also discussed pretty recently. Um... Huh. We discussed this more I'm recently checking, than Black Widow. I'm checking my notes. <laughs> the Suicide Squad. The Suicide oh, right, Squad. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Large Light. obstacles. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. All okay. right. That's it for movies we've done on our podcast. At number seven this week. Ooh. Huh. How did I not know about this fucking movie? Following the rise of Aretha Franklin's career from a child singing in her father's church choir to her international stardom, this movie is the remarkable true story oh. of the music icon's journey to find her voice. Gotta Called be respect. Respect. Right? respect. I find out what it means to me. Yes. Uh, starring Jennifer Hudson as Aretha Franklin. Oh, I do remember that. I do not. <laughs> Even a little bit. I remember when it came out. I haven't seen it yet. I want to see that and the Whitney's uh, at number six this week, in the years following a deadly home invasion, a family lives in quiet solace until their past catches up with them. Home the alone. Invasion house. Home alone. Four. <laughs> it is a sequel. It's a two. It is a horror. Um, what was the quiet movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quiet, quiet. Um, oh, it's a no, Krasinski. No, not that no. one. No, no, not that one. Yeah, I guess that's <laughs> not a home invasion. It's a Those different are quiet movie. <laughs> it's a different quiet series. Hush. It's, Hush 2? It's Don't Breathe 2. Oh. Huh. I, about a series I have known nothing Don't about. Don't Breathe? Don't yeah. Breathe. It's about a, a guy. The worst uh, advice. 
he's he's been in lots of horror movies, so horror fans know him. But anyways, he's blind, but he's like an old badass veteran, and like his house is booby trapped, and he has like. Yeah. Is that the so, guy from Avatar, the bad guy? Maybe, maybe the sergeant. You're asking the wrong the, guy. The or colonel. He's a colonel, I think. I don't know. He's an older white guy, kind of intense. Like we've all seen him, but I don't. I think his name is Steven, the actor. I can't think of his last name. Not that it matters. Um, no. Anyways, it's it's kind of an interesting movie as far as that, you know, B horror kind of. It always goes. reminded Stephen me of Stephen Lang, and that is yep. that is him. Stephen yeah, Lang. that's the Avatar yep. dude. Yep. Yeah, he's been acting for decades. He he's the guy you got for for uh, he he's yeah he's <laughs> he was. Arlie Ermey's uh, it's like third, right. the third or choice Robert, if you couldn't get Arlie Ermey. Or Robert Patrick. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, at number five this week at the box office top ten. A small riverboat takes a group of travelers through a jungle with dangerous animals and reptiles with a supernatural element. Jungle Disney's, Cruise? Yeah. Jungle oh, Cruise. I was going to yes. say First Blood. Don't go up that river. <laughs> if you go up that river, you'll as, as, uh, Jude and I went to Disneyland last year, and on the Jungle Cruise, um, there were like four times where the uh, cruise guy, the guy that ran the boat, um, was like, was like, okay, we're stopping here for a second. There's one of our most popular uh, attractions, and there was just nothing but like a cliff. And he was like, it's the rock. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought that would be the best gig at Disneyland. The, the Jungle, Jungle Cruise? Cruise, yeah, just that would be perfect. Mad off the cuff jokes. That would be constantly. perfect for you, Josh. Like just puns and dad <laughs> jokes for days. Yeah, I'd love it. Uh, it would totally work for them. Yeah. Um. At number four, <laughs> I'm gonna toss a name out here. None of us are. Get, it's gonna mean nothing to any of us. Ryder and the gang are called to Adventure City to stop the mayor. From turning the bustling metropolis into a state of chaos. This is a ch- children's movie, I'm guessing. <laughs> yes, is yeah. like Zootopia two or something. No, no, no. It's it's far worse than that. Um, the Crudes, uh, the new mayor. It's the it's the film debut of a popular children's television show. Uh, Blues Clues. No, no, no. Uh, ben Ten, the movie. No. No, no, uh, but uh, that think. Oh, uh, Blues Clues is about the age, but this is n- this is no Blues Clues. All right, as, as a dad who's oh, watched many Paw a clue Patrol. that is blue, Paw Patrol Door. the movie. Yep, you Paw got Patrol. it out. Yeah, Paw Patrol the movie. Mayor Humdinger, by the way. They they Paw have Patrol. a live show now. A live show? Yeah, like a, a stage show. Uh huh. <laughs> They do on stage. Um, <laughs> the, the, the they're giant dog costumes with people like sticking out the top, and their their front legs are. Oh my god! Are, the, are you the, the, the the dog's front legs are the human's back legs, so they they dance. But yeah, they're all the dogs. There's a human person sticking out the. So the there are two back. audiences for this stage play: children. <laughs> And furries. Yeah. Absolutely. Is there an animal control character? I know that they're all like civil servants in one way or another, right? Yeah. But, oh, yeah. There's no, animal control not... in there. Little oh, dog. right. The the dog catcher dog? Yeah. Oh, is there one? Yeah. I don't know. 
Yeah, no, no. They've got like they're 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 basically like a a a, a village people of of dogs. We've got the fireman yeah. and the cop and the medic, and there's one that's sea rescue. <laughs> it's like how often there's always a canal. <laughs> Surfing dogs are real, man. Uh, yeah, look it up. Um, at number three this week, a bank teller discovers he's an NPC inside a brutal open-world video game. Hmm. Well, um, extra guy? Extra man or something? Close. Free guy. Close. Free, uh, guy. Free guy. Free guy. Free guy. Yeah. I like this. I thought it was dumb and fun. I haven't seen it yet, but I keep intending to. It's Grand Theft Auto starring Ryan Reynolds and, uh, what's-her-name Villanelle from Killing Eve. I mean, that's hilarious. I mean, yeah. yeah. exactly. It's all you need for a plot. Have any of you watched Bullet Train yet? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I liked it. I liked it a lot. I love yeah, oh. Ryan Reynolds cameos. Oh, oh yeah. God. Uh, Taika is the villain in Free Guy. Mm, perfect. And he that... plays it like the Emperor, like Palpatine. <laughs> and it's hilarious. The amount of... Taika Waititi is the like hardest working man in show business right now. The amount of He's projects of them, yeah. that motherfucker has going is insane. I, I saw him at one point talking, uh, maybe it was one of those Vanity Fair, like I'm like Googling yourself kind of things, but he was talking about, uh, he just shows up. He's like, they don't tell me what to do. They just, I just show up the day of and do the thing. <laughs> so it kind of poked some air in the air, poked some holes in the like, damn, he must work really hard. Like, doesn't study before he shows up to these sets. He just shows up and they're like, "Hey, Taika, can you Taika this line real quick? Thank you. We'll uh, we'll do it in two, and you'll be done for the day." I I heard um I heard him talking about on uh, our flag means death. He said, "Well, I googled Blackbeard um to see what he was like and what uh he did and how he spoke, and um after about thirty seconds, I didn't want to do that anymore, so I didn't." <laughs> that's like yeah. that's like what he said playing Hitler. He's like, "Right, I didn't." I didn't look him up. Are you kidding me? No. Just, so he laughed at the, the like, yeah, the reporter or whatever. It's like, so what kind of, did you do any research to play the role of Hitler? And he's like, no. Oh, no. he was like, fuck that guy. <laughs> yes. And, and what human being alive would have to do research to play Hitler? Well, right. One of the most recognizable question, but... like figures is is Hitler. You can't like yeah. you can't do like a nuanced realistic portrait of Hitler. Nobody yeah. wants that. He <laughs> anyway. wasn't a nuanced man. No. <laughs> Quite the opposite. Yeah. Um all right. At number two this week, uh the week of September third, twenty twenty one. A Legend returns to a now gentrified Chicago neighborhood where from where he first came. Legend. The the uh the tag line for this movie is say it. Shazam. <laughs> this is um a horror film from the uh director of the upcoming Marvels. Hmm. Um, it is technically a sequel to an old 90s film. Not a remake. A lot of people thought it was a remake. It's not. It's a sequel um, to an old 90s horror film, which was fairly popular at the time. It wasn't like a... It didn't 
It did do super well, but I think it's grown a lot in estimation over the years. And don't say it, so it's sort of an incantation. Or yeah, yeah, or... yeah, yeah. You're getting there. Leprechaun with freaking what's his face? No, um, or not Leprechaun. <laughs> uh, oh God, Candyman. Candyman. Yes. Um, oh Mahershala, right. Don't not Mahershala. It's uh, it's Doctor uh, Manhattan. Uh, what is his name? Uh, Yaya Abdul Mateen. Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, Jordan Peele produced it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was an, an actual sequel. They did not do a remake, which is confusing because they named it the same fucking thing. <laughs> I love that new thing where we're like, titles don't mean anything anymore. <laughs> we can name the movie the same thing five times. Well, and Z Generation does not look back and say like we did. You know, like... They don't understand. You, you could call it the same name and they'd have no idea that it was, you know. Oh, Nirvana's a band? I thought it was a clothing <laughs> kind of thing. Uh, uh, Nirvana's being given a Lifetime Achievement um, <laughs> Grammy. I'm like, Lifetime Achievement? I mean, I know that, I know they... They have a, a, a heavy and long shadow by which many bands operate under, but they, did, they, didn't, they didn't have much of a lifetime. No. Yeah, I give it to Dave Grohl. Yeah. You know? I don't know. That's why the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame exists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nirvana, well, sure. They belong in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but a Lifetime Achievement Award? Come on. That fucking, fucking uh, what's-his-face who's living off uh, who the bass player... Um, Chris Novoselic. Yeah, Chris yeah. Novoselic. That dude hasn't worked in like 20 years. No, he plays, in, he plays in a bunch of bands, doesn't he? I thought he played... He, does, uh, he has a bunch of side project things. He but, plays in a bunch of old punk bands. He's been a teacher for many years, I believe. Yeah, like he's he's no... Yeah, anyways. Um, no, like a school teacher. Like yeah. Not a music teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, he like basically left the business and does music as a hobby. Oh man! Remember when he caught that bass with his face? Oh, Night Live. Was it SNL or was it MTV? Maybe it was MTV. The Music Award. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it was that. But yeah, he threw it up and it just bass so high, and then he went to catch it and it caught him in the fucking mouth. Oh, that's got to fucking hurt. He hit the ground. Yeah. Yeah, they almost lost their bass player there. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if he was unconscious, but he went down. Um, that's punk rock for you. Yeah. And number one for the week, Shang-Chi, the master of weaponry-based kung fu, is forced to confront his past after being drawn into the Ten Rings organization. Did they say weaponry-based? Weaponry-based kung fu. Uh, The golden child. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Big trouble in little China. Yeah. Um, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings is number one. For the week of September 3rd, 2021, which brings us to our character and comic book background, Mr. Alaric Professor Weber. Man, uh, please tell us stuff about this guy. Sure thing. Uh, Shang-Chi, full name Zhang Shang-Chi, is a Marvel comic superhero created by Steve Englehart and Jim Starlin. I don't believe he had that full full name at the beginning. Uh, We'll get there. Um, in the early 70s, Engelhart and Starlin approached DC Comics with the idea to adapt the television series Kung Fu, which was owned by DC's parent company, Warner Communications. 
DC declined, believing the popularity of the show and the martial arts genre would not last. The duo next went to Marvel, pitching an original kung fu-based comic. Editor-in-chief Roy Thomas agreed under the stipulations that they would include pulp villain Dr. Fu Manchu, as Marvel had the comic book rights to the character. Wait, he was a doctor? Yeah. I mean, everybody in Marvel is a doctor, yeah. but Fu Manchu was a doctor. Medical yeah. school in the Marvel universe must be wild. Yeah. Or hella cheap. I don't know. Yeah. But they kind of sort of created the Mandarin to that effect, you know, instead of calling him Fu Manchu, essentially that's what he became. Yeah. Um, so uh, they had, Marvel had acquired uh, the comic book rights to that character from um, uh, Sax Romer, uh, was the, the creator of the, the Fu Manchu universe. Um, Pulp Fiction-wise. The other stipulation was that the protagonist would be half-white. Of course. Yeah, of course. Uh, So they developed Shang-Chi, a master of kung fu, introduced as a previously unknown son of Dr. Fu Manchu. Shang-Chi first appeared in Special Marvel Edition number 15, December of 1973. He appeared again next month in number 16, and with issue 17, the publication was retitled The Hands of Shang-Chi, Master of Kung Fu. Artist Jim Starlin left the series after number seven, number 17, replaced by Paul Gulacy, who then modeled Shang-Chi's appearance after Bruce Lee. <laughs> the only Asian guy we knew in <laughs> the in the 70s. While Shang-Chi was an original creation, the series featured several supporting characters created by Sax Romer, including Dr. Fu Manchu, uh, Sir Dennis Nayland Smith, Dr. James Petrie, and Shang-Chi's sister, Falo Sui. Uh, the book became very popular and uh, wrote out the martial arts genre craze. Um, lasting until issue number 125 in June of 1983. So let's see, it was uh, 73 to 83, 10 years. The character would continue to appear in one-shots, miniseries, and team-ups over the decades, including uh, he was a main character on Heroes for Hire for a while and in The Secret Avengers. Um, at some point, Marvel lost the rights to Dr. Fu Manchu, so uh, in 2010, they rene- renamed Dad um, Zheng Zhu, stating that Fu Manchu was simply an alias uh, for his uh, villainous dad. Thus, the name Zheng Shangqi and his half-sister Falo Sui uh, was renamed Zheng Baoyu interesting that they made him just oh yeah 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 my my alter ego is just a super racist name i chose it myself (laughs) no harm no foul right (laughs) um described as the greatest martial artist alive shang chi has been trained since birth to be the ultimate fighter in various unarmed and weaponry based wushu styles uh let's see 
got a little turned around here. It was in very recent comics. <clears throat> 2020. Very recent comics, 2020 and after. Uh, Shang-Chi. Uh, so the 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 series was rebooted. Um, there was a five-issue miniseries and then an ongoing series authored by Jean Luen Yang. It's always it's harder to say an Asian name when it begins with an Anglo name. Mm. Yeah. Um because yeah, I want to uh I, I want to Easternize the first name. Jean. Anyway, um Shang-Chi would discover he inherited psionic abilities from his mother, uh, Zhang Li. Uh, what is psionic? Al, I don't remember. Psionic, uh, the psychic type powers, mind powers. Um, it, telekinesis falls under psionic powers, uh, telepathy. So it is a uh, larger umbrella. Than yeah. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Um, so let's... Uh, he inherited psionic abilities from his mother. Um, he would assume leadership of his father's five weapons society and acquire the Ten Rings weapon. Up until this point, uh, the Ten Rings, as we see them in the movie, did not uh, really exist. The Mandarin had Ten Rings, um, but they were on his fingers and thumbs, like Brian was waving around. Uh, and But they had uh, different functionality uh, than the rings we see um, the Ten Rings as we see them um, were original to the movie and later integrated into the Marvel Comics universe. Well, and that's a martial arts training tool. They're weights that you wear on your wrists and ah. forearms to make your punching arms stronger, essentially. Okay. Yeah. Which makes may, make, makes way more sense than wearing jewelry yeah. as a martial artist. Yeah. Um, also, thanks to the movie. Uh, they retconned his white mother and his mixed race heritage. Um, so his uh, mother in the movie was Yingli, and then in the comics uh, became Zhangli or Zhongli. That's awesome that the comics also changed that. Yeah. Um, what did this guy, what else did this guy write? Um, sorry, I, I ran out of space on my page. Um, I ran out of paper. They they shut down the paper mills. Um, <laughs> Damn millennials! Was, they were shipping you one sheet at a time. <laughs> um, There's got to be a better way to get paper. There's got to be. Uh, American-born Chinese was uh, uh, a graphic novel that this guy wrote. Um. Anyway. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's nice that they, you know, took away the, the half white stipulation after all these years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're getting there. <laughs> yeah, slowly but surely. The half white stipulation. We're, we're acknowledging <laughs> that the rest of the world exists. Begrudgingly. Yeah. Well, yeah, and the most populous our populous oh part God. of the world. Yeah. Too. Yeah. No, I know. <laughs> more, so, more people live in China and India than the rest of the world combined. Like, 
Right. And more, officially, yeah. more people live in India than in China now, which is crazy. Ah. Current events. Crazy. I didn't know they passed him. Yeah. So the Ten Rings granted Shang-Chi superhuman strength, speed, durability, and stamina, gave him the powers of flight, projectile attacks, and chain generation, mystical energy generation, manipulation, and projection, and portal creation. Uh, I think we're going to get the portal creation thing in the future. Yes. Too. Yeah. I think that's I that's think that's what the post-credit scenes have to do with, and I think they tie into the up coming quantum mania well yeah the thing with the beacon especially with like the, the quantum mania like sending a signal stuff we've got yeah it seems we're I mean, definitely there's some, a, we're kanging it i was gonna say there's a fan theory that kang created the ten rings um i'm i yeah um i was i'd forgotten about fan i'd forgotten about the beacon thing when i was just rewatching this recently and i was when they were talking about the meteorite i was wondering if they were trying to tease um uh, um, adamantium because that was also a meteorite thing um, but yeah yeah, I read a theory that that's going to tie into the celestial that it's half adamantium was a meteorite thing Thoreau? Uh, sometimes adamantium is was has been um, much like a, whatchamacallit a vibranium vibranium has typically adamantium is an alloy of vibranium and iron yeah, I always thought of it as a, that's as a synthetic it's an hour. But there's that scene in Quantumania that's coming up where Kang's on that platform and there are rings that look suspiciously like the Ten Rings. They're mm. a different color. They're they're blue like him. Um, but yeah, that's the, the, the up-and-coming theory is he created it as a way to transport to the multiverse. Well, and since Shang-Chi has... I think I think they verified he's going to be in the, the, the next Avengers one... Um, He'll be in Secret Wars for sure. Yeah, so, yeah, and I mean, Kang seems to be the guy that they're they're building up to be the new Thanos. So I had mentioned the Five Weapons Society, um, that <laughs> referred to there were five five sets of heavenly weapons of Talo. Um, the others being the one hammer, two swords three staffs, and nine daggers. And a partridge in a pear tree. And ten golden rings. <laughs> yeah. You got caroled. <laughs> <laughs> Bam. Sounds gross. Uh, and I'm done. All right. Not if you know Carol. Uh, Dweller in Darkness and Razor Fist are from the books as well. Yeah. Um, and the Mandarin. Yes, of course. Yes. We've seen. Yes, yes. we technically have the Mandarin in this movie again. Yeah. Um, and I love so, the way they tie that in. It just makes so much sense. That was early 2000s, right? Where they shifted away from Fu Manchu and towards the Mandarin, right? They're, the Mandarin's they're two, been in the book since the yeah, 70s. They're two separate characters, but they dropped Fu Manchu because it is like a... Uh, an outright right. racist racist an original that original mandarin looked stored that way with the long fu manju beard and stuff and it took him a while to get rid of the mandarin because it was slightly less offensive than fu very slightly this they adjust it well in this yeah this movie handles it beautifully it does in right. so many ways um all right, thanks, Al. That brings us to the production of the film itself. This movie 
as a screenplay by Destin Daniel Cretton. Um, and David S. Goyer. <laughs> no. Um, who, uh, let's see, he uh, has writing credits on something called Short Term 12, 2017's Glass Castle. Um, he is a movie called Just Mercy, which looks like it has Michael B. Jordan in it. Um, and Short Term 12 um, is about the foster care system. That that movie was a hit. It was a oh, okay. an art house kind of thing. Huh, I haven't heard of that one. Um, and he is writing on the upcomer, upcoming Avengers, the Kang Dynasty. Um, we also have a writing credit from Andrew uh, Lanham, uh, who... Um, let's see. He has writing cards on the shack, the glass castle, um, just mercy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think they're, they're writing partners. Yeah. They do the, the audio commentary and it's really fun hearing them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and then also, uh, Dave Callahan has a writing credit on this one. Um, Dave Callahan, uh, let's see. He has, he wrote the Expendables one and two. He has writing credit on the 2014 Godzilla. He uh, did some rewrites on Ant Man, um, the uh, Wonder Woman eighty four. He has uh, writing credit on, um, and he has writing credit on the upcoming uh, Across the Spider Verse. I, uh, I again, I'm pulling from what I got from their audio commentary. I think that he was the one who turned the action sequences into more cohesive story structure elements mm. instead of them just being like a fight. Like how does this thematically match the story? That makes sense. Um, each, cause each, each big action, there were like three big action set pieces, three and a half, four. Um, and each one very much was of its time, place and story beat. Uh, and it was directed by Destin Daniel Cretton, um, who, uh, we spoke of as a, a writer, um, short term 12. He was also the director of that glass castle, just mercy. Um, and he he is directing the upcoming King dynasty. Oh, wow. Yeah. It'd be really cool. Yeah. Um, we are stars. Well, okay. Well, let me talk about the development a little bit first before I get to the cast. Um, Stanley was, of course, pitching this as he was pitching every single character he owned throughout the 80s and 90s. I cannot imagine what a 1980s Shang-Chi film would have looked like. It would have been messy, to say the least. It would have been a supernatural kung fu mo- kung fu movie made in America, absolutely. Um, and it would have, yeah, much like the maybe like the Golden Child and Big Trouble in Little China, maybe without the comedic elements. Um, well, no, more more appropriate. Which I feel like they even uh, sort of nod to is the Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Mm. That was really huge in the American market. It was the first time we looked at. Those kind of movies, again. right? But like, in if it had been made in the eighties, if he had actually sold it in oh. the eighties when he was pitching it, I cannot imagine. Oh, I well, got and, you. Yeah. If it and had with, been in the eighties, uh, Shang Chi definitely would have been half white. Absolutely. Well, and they had Danny the perfect. Rand. They had the perfect person to play the role in Brandon Lee. 
that was who he was oh, pitching yeah. this as. He's like, and if we can do it, we can get Brandon Lee to play the role. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Who was half white, half Chinese? Um, let's see. Uh in in 05 when they when Marvel did its big uh its big uh a bankroll thing and just turned itself into a film studio. This was announced as one of the 10 properties that they were developing. One of the original 10 properties. Um, Kevin Feige said that this was his favorite MCU thing that he wanted to make from the very beginning. He said it multiple times, which I always thought was really cool. Hmm. He's a real nerd. If Shang-Chi is his favorite yeah. Marvel property. Yeah. Um, of course, it took a while for them to get to this. Um, obviously, we saw the Ten Rings and the Mandarin in Iron Man 3. Um, they did tease the Ten Rings in the first Iron Man. Um, in 2018, um, they decided to fast-track the development of the film. Um, and basically, you know, uh, it... it it probably would have come out a year earlier if it had not been. Most things would have come out a year earlier if it hadn't been for COVID. But um, th- this got fast tracked on the success of Crazy Rich Asians. Exactly. When, th- when that was financially like more than viable, but like a box office smash hit. It's like, oh, we should do that. Exactly. We should make and, it happen now. And and Aquafina was one of the first to sign on to this film. Um, Which I think is it's kind of cool that she was the the tentpole actor for this movie. Yeah, yeah she was big when it was. Oh being yeah. Made. yeah, yeah. She was hosting SNL or in like yeah, um, and, which like brings Nora us- from Queens. Oh, Nora that wasn't out Queens. yet, right? Yeah, that was- yeah. I think it, I think was, it was 2000. That- was that 2020? 2019? Oh, I thought that's what caught our attention. Was that show? That no, no, that was definitely the show that like. Well, was it? Girl Code, mm, regular uh, Mary and Mary plus Jane. No, Nora, uh, Nora from Queens didn't start till twenty twenty. Crazy Rich oh. Asians is what blew her up. Um, but uh, she was in, she was in that the same time. Oh, she was in Ocean's Eight at the same time too. Um, but yeah, so Aquafina, of course, uh, stars as Katie. Um. She, uh, let's see, she was also in Jumanji, The Next Level. Um, she's, of course, going to be in the upcoming Shang-Chi sequel, which may happen at some point. Um, her and, oh, Lord, what is her name? It is... Stephanie. Oh, my God, I'm going to say this name. I'm... I feel I'm very sorry for how I'm going to say this name. Uh, Stephanie Su, uh, who is uh, plays the 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 lawyer that they're talking oh, to, the, the lawyer friend, the gal from Everything Everywhere All at Everything once, right? Everywhere All at Once. Her, Michelle, you know? no, 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 Stephanie Su. That she plays the lawyer friend oh, the, that they're yeah, talking to the, the restaurant. Yes, she, yeah, she's yeah, the daughter. Yeah, yeah, and the yeah the daughter from Everything Everywhere All at Once. Um, Ooh, IMDb has a pronunciation uh, pronounced shoe shoe. Thank you, Al. I, Wikipedia did not. They usually do. A really big shoe. <laughs> Stephanie shoe. Um, she. I first saw her in Miss Maisel. Um, oh yeah. 
Yeah, she was really she's really good in that. She's recurring is still going on, so she is really good in that. She's also in Nora from Queens. But her and Aquafina, by all accounts, being the only two comedic Asian <laughs> actresses of the same age in Hollywood, apparently. Um uh I've heard her talking in interviews about how they audition for every single role the same. Like they both like if there's there's a show that needs a somewhat comedic Asian woman. They're both there. <laughs> they, they've. It's not surprising. Uh, it makes me think of what's his name from Ant-Man. Oh, uh, Michael Pena. Yeah. He's in everything. I just saw a, uh, a Twitter, uh, conversation with Camille Nanjani. Um, uh, what's his, Cal Penn. And I can't remember the name of the third actor. But uh, he's another. Oh, the the nerdy guy from uh, Big Bang Theory. Oh, oh that guy. I thought you were going to say Dev Patel. Not Dev Patel. But like the three of them, like um, Camille Nanjani was like, there may come a day when I'm not mistaken for another Indian actor, but today is not that day. And then uh, the dude from Big Bang Theory was like, um, well, if that's the case, I owe you um, a weird half hug, a half a beer. Because I've taken credit for what you've done many times. And Cal Penn was like, yeah, I also am a, uh, oh, you guys, um, I'm mistaken for the both of you all the time. And then Sarah Silverman jumped on and said, why do you have three accounts? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Sarah Silverman. Um, anyways. <laughs> yeah. Um, Stephanie Shu, uh, I like her a lot. Um, she's, I really, really like everything everywhere all at once. And I really like her in it. Both her and, and Nora, what is, uh, Aquafina's last name? Nora. Oh, um, something. Um, uh, she branded herself well with Aquafina. Yeah. She's just um, Aquafina. But the two of them both have a similar ability to be very funny. Nora Loom. Nora Loom. Yeah. But also they're able to draw on some of that dramatic, uh, empathetic kind of thing too. And it's, it's neat to see somebody who's just considered funny. Yeah. Be, be emotional in a moment without being sad. Yeah, absolutely. No, they're, yeah, no, they're both very good. Um, let's see as Zhu, Zhu Zhlang. <laughs> I'm starting already. Zhu, I'm my, my problem is the I's and L's look the same. Zhu Zhlang. You're fine. Zhe Ling. Zhe Ling. Thank you. The sister Zhu Zhe Ling. Um, we have Shu Shaling. Shu Shaling. We have uh Zhang Menjer. We have limited time, folks. Yeah. We have Zhang Menjer. Um, that's a sister. She uh is mostly a Chinese actress. She's not really she's, worked a lot in the Western world. She's never been in a feature film. Um, she has never been in a American feature film. Western. She has been I, in a I, number of was she? Chinese feature films. Yeah. Cause when I was listening, I don't think she'd ever been in a feature film. These um, guys were talking about her on the audio commentary. She's awesome she's, in this. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm sorry. She theater. She did a lot of Chinese theater. Okay. Um, oh, and some Western theater. She played Dodger in Oliver Twist. Hmm. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, and she's in the upcoming new season of The Witcher with the lesser um, uh, uh, Baby Hemsworth. Hemsworth. Yeah, little Hemsworth. Hems not 
worth as much. Um, <laughs> Fala Chen plays Yang Li. Uh, that is the wife the, uh, that dies. Um, I guess she had just graduated from Juilliard before getting this role. Fala Chen? Cool. Uh, the, the wife, the yeah, mom. Yeah, yeah. Fala Chen. Um, wow, good for her. She's... Uh, she d- she's done a lot of work in China. Um, not much in the West. Uh, Florian Montanu as Razor Fist. <laughs> in a universe full of interesting characters with fairly interesting names, we have Razor Fist. Razor Fist. Where well, does, he's like Taser Where does that face. blade go? Yeah, yeah. Where does when it? When it's retracted. I think it's nanotechnology or something. It's got to be. It has to be. Yeah. I didn't even realize that his name was actually Razor Fist until the halfway through uh, my second viewing, which is technically my third viewing because I'd seen it a year ago. Mm. Um, But yeah, finally, I made the connection to the car uh, that says Razor Fist on on the side. It is written on every surface of the car. It's on the hood, on the top of the car on both sides it's on the license plate <laughs> he really wants people to know he's proud of that name he came up with it himself. as if you confuse him with somebody else right um we've got benedict wong <laughs> oh you razor look just leg? like my friend doug razor fist <laughs> my bad we've got benedict wong back as wong <laughs> um Wongers. Yun Hua as uh, Gung Bao. Michelle Yeoh as Yang Nan. That's the aunt. Yep. Ben I Ka- thought she was going to be the mother from the trailer. Yes, so did I. I Because it made sense because the dad is thousands of years old. I was like, oh, that's interesting that they're going to do this as an age disparity well, thing. Well, and they have, they. she has a sketch of her mother, and her older mother looks like yeah. her sister. You know, like she's not drawn like the younger version of herself when they're kids so yeah yeah uh, um uh tony lung as uh zhu wenwu the dad he's just, he's it, awesome he, he is like the george clooney of chinese film by the way he yeah. is like one of the most yeah. famous people in history yes, film um and he's had he's a really very good. long career um playing bit parts in western media as well yeah. um and yeah, he's I, played Japanese a few times. Yeah. I guess he was he was a big fan of the MCU. So when they asked him, he said, "Yeah, immediately." Yeah. Um, he was in Hard Boiled, which if you haven't seen, oh yeah, fucking watch Hard Boiled. That movie is awesome. I heard Jackie Chan's going to be in the second one of this. Really? Season. Oh, interesting. I would yeah. love that. Oh my god. The MCU is sucking every like they're not. I don't mean sucking, but like. The vacuum like a black hole, man. Everyone, yeah. uh, in the gravity culture. is immense. Yeah. You already have Meryl Streep. Yes, I think so. No, well, Harrison Glenn Ford. Close. Fucking like every oh, Glenn Close. Harrison that's right. Ford's coming in. Oh, Glenn yeah, Close. But yeah. Ben Affleck says yeah. he's hoping to come in. Yeah. Um. So, uh, Zach Cherry is back from. Uh, he's in San Francisco now. Apparently, he moved from. New York, I guess, or he's on a tour. Um, he's on vacation or something. I love that 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 actor gets a name drop before Serpent Kingsley. <laughs> what character are we talking about? The kid on the bus with a phone. The, he was in Spider Man. Oh, oh, oh. oh, that kid. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, Ben Kingsley, of course, back as Trevor Slattery. And we haven't even talked about our star <clears throat> playing uh, Shang-Chi is uh, Simu Liu, who uh, got his start as a... Uh, as, stock photo model? As a stock photo model, yes. He is easy on the eyes. He, he's a photogenic yeah. dude. What's What's yeah. funny is he's talked about how um, in, in China, they're kind of angry about him, and this film didn't do well because they consider him to be ugly. He's considered to be ugly in Chinese, in actual China. He has broad features. Yeah. So I don't, you know, it's it's just interesting the different beauty standards in the West and there. Well, and this wasn't even released in China, mm-hmm. or at least in in theaters. Yeah, I'm sure you can. I'm sure you can find. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, he kind of came to prominence in Kim's Convenience. Um, he was the star. which is hilarious, but also has a very sordid history of uh, uh, racism. Yeah. On set yeah, I've heard which is. Which is interesting for a film that's centered around. It's Canadian. Yeah. For a film centered around, like, the immigrant experience. But, you know, uh, uh, written by white people. Yeah, of course. by white people. Produced by white people. Starring Asian people. Yeah. Yep, of course. I Uh, think uh, the mom had cancer, and they're like, the, the prominence of cancer in Asian women is very low. Mm. Um, I think that was the the plot point that they were all like, "Why are you doing this? This doesn't even make sense. Use these seven other things." I really enjoyed Kim's Convenience though because of all their performances. I never saw. I've watched a few episodes, but um, yeah. Um. Oh, by the way, uh, Florian Montanu, uh, Razor Fist, his is a, mostly a boxer known as Big Nasty. <laughs> Oh, which, heard that name. Yeah. Um, he also plays Victor Drago in Creed 3. Really? Yeah. And he's in the upcoming Borderlands movie. Huh. I didn't know they were making a movie of that. Um, yeah. Um, <clears throat> we've got uh, voicing Abomination. Uh, Tim Roth <laughs> actually did some voice work for that. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh um that He did no mocap or like facial No. No, he showed up in stuff. a booth for like 10 he minutes. He just Vin Diesel did. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. He's all put that shit on Sean Gunn. I got things to do. <laughs> yeah. Um he he was one of the best parts of uh of She-Hulk. On this tie-in, yeah, it was just great. It's know. all like it's they all go connected. right back to this. Yeah. 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 I, I love that this is the connecting thread for so many things too, without being ham fisted connected connecting thread. Mm-hmm. And I also like the the Wong as the Nick Fury character in this phase. You know, it used to be Nick went and talked to the heroes and Nick found the heroes and stuff. Now I love that it's just Wong walking through a portal, like, I need you, let's go. Mm-hmm. And then uh it's Wong's world. We're just living. What's her it. name? With a Y, but not where you think. Madison. <laughs> yeah. Madison, yeah. Oh, yeah, Wong. I, well, yeah, I love he walks through the portal and just slams the girl's drink. Yeah. 
He's a party animal. Yeah, Wong Wong's the best. Um, so um, that about covers it for our background on this movie. You guys ready to go ahead and just get into it? You're muted, Al, and I know you have a gym. Thoreau, what happened to your shirt? <laughs> yes, I am doing this topless, by the way, for our listeners. Yeah, you took off your and shirt. And he's shredded, you guys. <laughs> Those of you not he's, able to He's see in Thoreau. the octagon waiting for one of us to Oh, join. yeah. Oh, by the way, it's one of the one of the people in one of the fighting rooms they were passing was one of the was one of the black widows by the way just as fighting oh. fighting an extremist guy yeah yeah i thought that at the end when we see their like new revamped 10 rings um with all the female like badasses i was like i'd love to see them and the widows just have a battle royale hell yeah we probably will man we probably will cool. So um, I, I want to say about uh, Simu Liu, I was reading the IMDb like trivia. He put on 10 pounds of muscle for this movie. That is the least muscle like, I have heard of an MCU actor having to put on. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Like Paul Rudd put on like 35 pounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. And, but, and, well, and he's shredded, but he's not like he's not like Hemsworth, like bulky. He's And he's. He doesn't look like Bruce Lee. He's not like rippling mm-hmm. muscular. I, I really liked that his physique is not out of control. Well, I was yeah. going to say, it's not something you want in martial arts. I, you don't want bulk. You want yeah, you don't want to be big. Speed. You, yeah. yeah like, you know. like, like Thor. Mike Tyson could beat anyone up, but yeah. probably not Bruce Lee. Like, like Thor and Cap, all right. They were both had to be humongous, bulky, shredded. But I'd like us to start getting away from them having to be absolutely fucking like jacked out of control and i think we are um we're we're inching that direction yeah i think so yeah i think so but all right here we go guys we're gonna jump into it this is shang chi and the legend of the ten rings we open a thousand years ago with a voiceover telling us about zhu wen wu a chinese warlord who discovered the mystical ten rings which grant powers (laughs) including immortality. Uh, He kills a bunch of barbarians. He establishes the Ten Rings organization who were apparently behind a lot of shit throughout history. They imply Uh, that he's the great Khan. Yeah. Now, they don't drop his name until, like, Act 2, right? Yeah. I mean, they they never... It's... Yeah. They don't drop his name for a while. Um, Not criticizing you dropping his name right now, but just... Uh, yeah. as a plot as a plot point um, i think th- he's just a mysterious guy for yeah in this story a lot of this movie yeah this is a good moment to just say it since we're introducing his name so early they gave tony leung the opportunity to create this character whole cloth yeah he really? created when wow. when Wu and his motivations they asked him like do you think he sh- should like love his family and his answer was yeah obviously yes. like right. He just doesn't know how. And therein, boom, was the, you know, his motivation, well, and the dynamic for his character. It's a great. tenant of organized crime in, in any mm-hmm. culture, you know, from the Italians to the Yakuza. Like, yes, family. Yeah, they made 10 Fast and the Furious movies about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, That's right. No, you know Let what's hilarious is that is that um, over the last 20 years, apparently, homophobia in the mafia has fallen drastically because one one capo 
had a son who, who uh, was uh, was into drag, and they they all went to his shows and were like, "Hey, these guys are all right." Oh my god, I love that so much! Wow, Bada Bing, what a time to be alive! This is a talented kid. All right, <laughs> like that was their attitude. All right. Uh, which is weirdly wholesome for a terrible, terrible organization. There's Family. no such thing as the mafia. Well, I mean, organ modern organized crime. I'm joking. Yeah, that's I the on. That's been I since know. the six the congressional know. hearings. So uh, we cut to 1996. Um, our dude's looking for Talo. It's a mystical village which has mythical beasts. He goes through. I do want to point out that it was um, very important and clever to say that they don't know where he got them. Some say they found he found him in a cavern. Some say it was or in a crater. Some say it was buried. Yeah, it's nice we didn't see them like being forged. No, because yeah. it it leaves it open for Kang or for whatever else. Yeah, you know? like they can be cosmic. This is one of this is one of the instances where they were definitely looking ahead when they made that little detail. I appreciated it. Yeah. Um, so uh, he goes through a magic forest, um, which is not too friendly. The Lorax is get, tree beards getting angry. And he's so <laughs> impulsive about going. His, yeah. his little uh, right hand man says like, oh, I'll send a scout. And he's like, no, I'm going now. We're going. Yeah. Which just says a lot about his character and his motivation and stuff. It's like he's right. a, he's, he's, a he's definitely he's bored. No, yeah. Oh, he's been around thousands of years. He just wants to do stuff. Yeah. Um, he gets let's see, uh after his men die, he uh finds the village entrance, but it gets stopped by a guardian, a beautiful woman. Uh they, Yeah, so this takes place in nineteen ninety six, and this scene definitely reminded me of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, mm, which came out around that time. Yeah. So it was almost as if that you know, the colors were a little bit brighter. The um the flying was more prominent. Yeah, it was a little more wire more, wire foo type fighting. Yeah, more ballet than than fight. I don't know. Well, I, I think it was probably intentional, but it evoked the, that movie at that time period. Well, and it establishes the conflict between the aggressive striking and mm -hmm. the passive like uh, moving past your opponent kind of thing. Right, using their force. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool so yeah, they fight, they fall in love, the villagers reject him, so she chooses to go with him. They marry I, and have kids. These two actors, their faces during this fight just did so much work. Because they're yeah. not sitting yeah. talking about their philosophical There's differences. There's no dialogue, yeah. But you just, the, the one moment where she brushes past him and they make eye contact, I just remember being in the theater being like, yeah. I'm like moved by a look. He'd never met his match in a thousand yeah. years. Yeah. I, I appreciate that uh, thriftiness in a movie that was two hours and 15 minutes long. Well, and we don't get English up to the 10 minute mark. Of yeah. This movie, yeah. Which is really impressive for yeah, a is. American made superhero movie. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Um, we meet Shang-Chi as a child. His mom gives him an emerald necklace. Then we cut to present day. Jade. Jade necklace, sorry. 
an emerald colored necklace, which Jade is, but also green. Um, we got to present day. Shang-Chi works as a parking valet. He's anglicized his name to Sean, and he works with his best friend, Katie, who does not know about his past. They go on a joyride. Then they have dinner with an old friend from school and her husband. Their friend gives them crap for not growing up. Afterwards, they go out and do karaoke all night. Because they're uh, high-profile valets. Yeah. yeah, in the fast pace world. Of- uh, the director says that Katie is the best driver in the MCU. So we mm-hmm. will see her be the wheel man for something in the future, guaranteed. Awesome. Car stunts, are, I love them. Yeah, especially in a city like San Francisco. So the bus scene in this is just fantastic. And uh, Aquafina took drifting lessons for this. Oh wow! She's not to say that she's driving in all these sequences, obviously, but she is acting behind the wheel. Yeah, right. Which is really cool. She knows what she's doing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they. Yeah. So the next morning, um, we meet Katie's family. They think Katie and Sean should be a couple. Um, and then we get to the bus scene. Um, they're on the bus. They get attacked by agents of the Ten Rings, and we get the huge fight. This is absolutely my favorite set piece in the entire film. Um, it's the only one that's not primarily CGI. Well, I guess on the, uh, I guess outside the building isn't primarily CGI. The bus itself, you know, there are moments in CGI. But well, yeah, there's CGI with the fight, of course, but no, but, but the, what's happening inside is choreographed. On the oh. commentary, they it was so funny. They're like, you know, this is all in one take. We just had 12 cameras. And they just <laughs> let that linger. They're like, no, nah, I'm just fucking kidding me. Of course, this was <laughs> multiple shots, multiple days. I imagine. Yeah, I imagine it was like a week to shoot. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, because like they had a bus. They actually had a bus in the streets. Like it was a lot of practical stuff. It was a I, it was it was a really good action sequence. It was. It hit on so many levels, you know, right down to the like Steve McQueen streets of San Francisco or Stingray. Was that the movie? Yeah. But the just fat ass San Francisco car sequences. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the the fighting in a confined space aspect mm-hmm. of it, um, like Daredevil in a hallway. Yeah. Yep. Kind of yeah. thing. It's and a moving hall. Devising a plan. Like, I'm going to lead the civilians to this half of the bus, keep these guys on that. Yeah, there's a great plan hatched out of nowhere. Well, and this just started as an idea. They're like, I want to have a bus fight. I think that'd be cool. And it grew out of just that into the best scene, probably. Yeah, absolutely. Um, At the end, though, the Ten Rings. I'm sorry. And it's funny because we see them driving and obsessed with cars and they're badass drivers and this. And then, boom, we see them on a bus. Yeah. Just on a bus. Well, and and her comment before they go to the bus. Well, we got to go catch our bus. (laughs) Yeah. They had been in a car. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So they do end up uh, getting his jade pendant. Um, Katie demands Sean tell her the truth. And uh, he tells her that uh, he has a sister and he has to go help her. He got a postcard from her earlier, so we got a hint as to how he knows where she is. Um, He has a sister. He has to go help her because she has a jade pendant too. Katie insists on going with him. Um, On the flight, Shang-Chi tells Katie his real name. It's not Sean. It's Shang. (laughs) Um, Shang-Chi tells her that... Which is a hilarious moment. Yeah. Uh, well, and his response, I was 15. Like, you can <laughs> think of, like, call me Brad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he tells her that when he was seven years old, 
His mom was murdered by uh, the Iron Gang, Wenwu's enemies. Uh, he took on the Ten Rings again and massacred the Iron Gang and uh, took up leadership over the organization again. And he made Shang-Chi undergo training, but he does not allow her sister to train with them. Um, she secretly taught herself. When Shang-Chi was 14, Wenwu sent him to assassinate the Iron Gang's leader. Um, traumatized by the mission, Shang-Chi runs away to San Francisco. This scene, they're in an airplane, surrounded by people, telling the story. I love that that's how they use the travel from San Fran to Macau. Like, well, we'll have them on an airplane, you know, flying commercial. Mm. And they'll she'll, she'll hear this story, and that's how we'll see this flashback. It's a really brilliant way to tie that in to the movie instead of just like, here's a flashback while they travel. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, no, cause like they, they do that. That's, that's the thing they do a number of times is, um, and you know, in the end it turns out that the flashback is actually like the entire movie is him telling that story to them in the restaurant. Like, you know? Yeah. It's like Iron Man three, which by the time you get to the end of it, you're like, Oh, this is a, how good of a narrator is this character? How reliable are they? Mm hmm. Uh, they arrive in Macau at a secret fight club, <laughs> which apparently people have been talking about. Um, Macau, Macau is known as the Las Vegas. Like, that's the gambling party mm. city. Yeah. Uh, I was surprised that it wasn't in uh, Madripoor. But at the mm. same time, Macau is a real place in China. So that makes more sense. Yeah. Madripoor, I think, in MCU is supposed to be more down, like, towards, like, in, like, like Thailand or, like, yeah. more like an island area down there, more southeast. Um, yeah. Uh, so uh, at the fight club, they get shown around. Shang, we, we see Wong fighting the abomination, um, apparently for fun. Uh, yeah. They're buddies, and then they he gets them out of jail later. Yeah. Um, Shang-Chi gets coerced into fighting so he can find his sister. To his surprise, his sister's the one he has to fight. It's, are they fighting for fun, or is Wong just doing it for money? For money, yeah, because he's just making a few bucks. Oh, in Endgame, yes. he had no money. That's true. Right. Yeah. He's like, yeah. I, I got rupees, I guess, was what he had. Yeah, I think you're correct. Yeah, I think he does. He's trying to make it. a buck, yeah. Um, we we find out in Chi Hulk that he this was part of his becoming the um, master, whatever the sorcerer supreme. <laughs> the sorcerer supreme, yeah. Uh, that this was part of that whole thing. Um, but he's telling Emil, like, you know, maybe you'll learn to pull your punches next time. Yeah, right. Like we practiced, so. It's all a ruse. Yeah. 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 No, he's definitely, yeah, he's definitely hustling them. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. And I mean, in She Hulk, Emil's seven wives bought him that property. I wonder what he does with his purse money. I was mm. going to say, I think it helped him start his institute or whatever. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, uh, but people know um, Sean from the video of the bus. Yeah. He's bus guy. He's bus yeah. boy. Yeah. Bus boy. Bus boy. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so his sister kicks his ass. Uh, we discover she owns the club. She ran away and founded it when she was 16. Um, the Ten Rings then attack the fight club. We get a big set piece of them fighting on scaffolding outside the building. 
Eventually, Wenwu arrives and captures Shang-Chi, Katie, Xiaoling, and the pendant. We also find out she didn't send the postcard. No. She yeah. didn't invite him there. She didn't necessarily know. It's a great moment in this movie, too, because it's such a simple thing. And they're both like, oh, we know what's happening. We're stupid. Well, and he's so matter of fact, like he he abandoned her and hasn't spoken to her. But now it's like, okay, here's now it's time. They finally want these and they finally want to, you know, she's like, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) I love the scaffolding fight. This is one of the most creative fights just not not the choreography necessarily but the cinematography of it because so much of it is shot top down mm. so we're seeing have such, it like they're fighting on a flat surface but they're not you know i have such acrophobia at like and sometimes the cgi it doesn't bother me but then there are other times where it's like whoa <laughs> when she's flying away on that bamboo yeah you know bamboo she is off. strong but it's like oh yeah it was a yeah. good se- there's some great secrets it's so like just perfectly designed to give that feeling of falling that roller coaster going over the edge feeling mm-hmm. multiple times throughout these shots it's great well and chinese um skyscrapers you know they're at a height that we're we're just not familiar with here in the united states oh, yeah. well, Trump and, towers and <laughs> the biggest that, in New York. that club of bamboo on glass and steel is mm. really cool too it i mean that's that's a real thing. You go to Hong Kong and buildings are oh, yeah. scaffolded with bamboo instead of steel. It's strong shit. Um, so they get taken to the Ten Rings compound. Uh, when Wu uses the pendants to reveal a mystical map which leads to Talo. He explains that he's been hearing his his dead wife <laughs> talking to him. Which is um, never a good sign. He also explains the Mandarin shit about yeah. how the Mandarin was actually him. Yeah, we're afraid of an orange. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, When they when they arrive at the compound, the the gender roles of the characters are so well used. Where he's just like, send the girls to their room. I'm Mm going to take Shang up to the to the captain's chair. I'm going to show him what he's earned. (laughs) Got that thousand year old sexism going on. Yeah. 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 That's deep rooted. Whereas she (laughs) is truly the heir to that that throne yes absolutely yeah and that's why the ending makes the most sense i the i i i loved that ending i'm much more excited to see him fight her than to fight his daddy issues well and i don't know if they will end up being in opposition to each other no they might not be i think they may come philosophically they'll come at odds yeah i think there will be times where they run into some friction but i think that the ten rings will be very different moving forward true yeah I wonder if we'll start to see them in um, Daredevil Born Again. Ooh, oh, yeah. Huh. Yeah, because there was always a Chinese gang in New York. That's interesting. And, yeah, because they were the hand, right? That's what Electra was. A yeah, of. they were. But uh, it's, it's unclear as to how much canon the Netflix shows, which now are Disney Plus shows, are going to be. It's unclear. Well, that's why I say Born Again. Because yeah. now they have a different. Yeah, 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 yeah. The new one that's coming out, but I, I'm gonna be, uh, I'm gonna be interested to see how much, how they well, like, treat those shows. Supposedly, yeah, in the next uh, Shang Chi movie, um, Danny Rand appears as mm. Iron Fist, mm. the actor from. That's the show. interesting. If they're because I know Jessica Jones is being kept. 
That's been confirmed. Yeah, she's she's here. Yeah, I mean, if all they do is get rid of Luke Cage, that's pretty fucked up. Yeah, I, I, I hope Luke that's Cage. not the case. I hope that's not the case, man. I hope that they bring him back because he was he was best. great. He was yeah, awesome. He's better than Sir Loras as fucking Danny Rand. Oh yeah, Ugh. fuck yeah. Uh, I, that being so, said, I don't think that's his fault. I think that's the writing. Absolutely, that Iron Fist was not a great show. Um, anyways, so so it, it was at this point in the movie where we learn, uh, real quick, they just throw out Katie's uh, Chinese name. Yes. Um, I don't know if any of you guys looked at the link I sent you. Um, and listeners, uh, look it up on your own. Um, because he has the uh, he has Wen Wu has the line like names have uh, great meaning. Um, so that prompted me to to look up her name. Um, and uh, there's a whole page of. Uh, explanations of all their names um but hers uh chen means like to uh to lay out to narrate to explain which is funny because she does a lot of explaining throughout the the movie um and then uh uh Ruen, uh the the second character uh means uh token made of jade which is fun because Jade is the MacGuffin of this movie. Right. Brings them um, together. And then the last character means like uh, multicolored or patterned clouds. Um, oh. hmm. It was a bit of interest. Yeah, uh, yeah they but, mentioned her, several people compliment her <clears throat> pants, which are bright and oh, colored. Yeah. Um, but yeah, listeners, uh, if you have interest, uh, look up, try and find that page uh, with all their name meanings because. Uh, their names are very appropriate to their characters in yeah. this movie. Well, yeah, and she she's a very colorful character in general, so multicolored. Right. Yeah. Yeah, literally and figuratively. Uh, so all right, they uh, he he tells them he plans to destroy the village if they won't release his wife, who he <laughs> believes is being held captive in Talo behind a sealed gate. It's like I'm gonna burn this mother down. Yeah. <laughs> um, when his when Katie and the kids object, he puts them in a jail cell or a room. He, 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 he immediately them. bests both of his children. Yeah. Without immediately. Yeah. It's not hard. Yeah. And doesn't think about it, doesn't have any remorse. It's like they'll they'll figure it out. They'll see that I'm right. Mm-hmm. Very much well, a patriarchal view of your children. Definitely. And also just self-aggrandizing, like he hadn't seen his son in so many years, but he he's just so confident in his training and his training. Like I told him they wouldn't kill you if they tried. Yeah, Glad I was right. And it's just one of those things where it's like dad taking credit suddenly for the shit you accomplished since you last saw dad. There's a lot of real you know, boomer like, shit there. Yeah. Yeah. Like I instilled you with those values by not being around ever. <laughs> but that's such a real relatable dynamic between Absolutely. fathers and sons and daughters and fathers, you know, like yeah. really. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad for once one of these origin stories is finally touching on father issues. Yeah, I know. It's about time. Yeah. <laughs> well, find the woman. <laughs> but uh, honestly, though, to that point, this is the first time I think that it has immediately gotten to the dynamic of that. Instead of just being like, my dad is mean to me because he's my dad. Like, there's love in that instead of it just like, I'm your father, boy, listen to me. Yeah. This is more complex than any father figure we've ever really gotten. Like, and they never really reveal or hint that he hated his father. 
it was just that was the final like i i can't kill for him like yeah, i, no, I no. just can't yeah i don't feel like he hates his father i feel like he's he has a a lot of complex feelings about his father and he can't he doesn't want yeah. to be like his father Imagine if thing... all of our dads were a thousand years old when they oh, asked. Fuck. Like, imagine the shit we'd have to hear then. Uh, the closest thing to this in the MCU is Thanos and Gamora. Yeah. Their dynamic. She clearly loves him, but does not like the things that she has to do for him. Yeah. Well, and and he won't admit that, you know, he he they raise them to be killing machines. You know, they think that there's affection in there. It's like your old man. The only thing he ever taught you was hunting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like it's 1987. <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's just yeah. So well, like, and they they both made bloodthirsty killers, and they thought that that was supposed to redeem them in their eyes. Like, well, I taught you how to defend yourself. You taught me that I need to defend myself. Yeah, because of what you have done. I had to. De- yeah, and I have to end up defending myself from you. Right. If it wasn't for your bullshit, <laughs> I could carry pepper spray like a normal. <laughs> it's no, it's no, it's a total like, oh, you kids, you kids, uh, you're, you're the trophy generation. You're the motherfuckers that gave us the trophies. Seriously, right. though. Yeah. I've, I've had uh, you're just like me. Chip off the old block. Yeah. Like, I moved to San Francisco and started my own functional life at 14. <laughs> Oh, uh, what were you doing at 14? Walking around in meteor craters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, all right. Uh, in their cell, their prison cell, it's not a cell, it's a room, but they meet Trevor Slattery. It's a dungeon, Thoreau. It's a, this is it's a, a castle. Dungeon. Yeah, but he's yeah. got, he's got, he's He's got his like, like mirror there and everything. Like, yeah, it's like, oh, he is it's a, a jester. It's he's backstage, a yeah. But when we first see them, they're in the doorway yeah. of a of a locked dungeon. It's got bars on the windows and everything. Yeah. Um, who uh, they imprisoned him for um, being the Mandarin. They were gonna mur- They got. He tells them that they got him out of jail. They were gonna murder him, but they found him entertaining, so they kept him around. He, what did he start to do? His Macbeth. Yeah. 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 He's constantly doing. Yeah, Duncan. Duncan. But Uncle. Uh, uncle. Uncle. <laughs> <laughs> that's Lear, right? Yeah. Which the original Mandarin um says, Oh, you should have seen his Lear. It was the talk of of Leeds or wherever. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we meet his companion Morris, a faceless mystical creature who's called a Hundun. Morris offers to guide them to Talo. Um, there was a bet between uh Cretton and uh, what's the other guy's name, Drew, the writer, that they would put this creature in. And if it made it into post-production and into the film, Andrew, the writer, would get a tattoo of it on his body. Nice. And he was like, because of COVID, I haven't gotten it yet, but I'm going to get that tattoo. Morris. But they named Morris is named after his dog. Aw. It's like, that's really cute. I love that this Morris is a cat's name. (laughs) We grew up with a spokes cat named Morris the cat. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Spokes cat. Um, The group uh, escapes. Uh, they get a car. They drive through the magical forest, which is a barrier between our world and Talo. So it's it's Razor Fist's car, uh, but it's also an electric car. Yeah. So, you know, he's green. Yeah. This yeah. vehicle wasn't in production also. This isn't a car that you could buy. Mm. So, so uh, what do they call it? Like a beta <laughs> the test Hyundai Razor Fist. 
Uh, um, they pass through many obstacles and finally arrive there in the land with many magical creatures made of CGI. Um, this always surprises me. So much movie happens up to this point, and I always think like, wow, here we are. We're at the climax of the movie. There's an hour We're, left. This is the halfway point. Yep. Which is crazy to me. Of a fairly short movie. The halfway by, point. By MCU standards. By MCUs. I mean, it's, no, it's barely, what, it's, what did you say was an hour and what? Two, two hours and 15 oh, minutes. And 15 yeah. minutes. Um, we see several Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. Um, the the fox with the nine tails is uh, actually a, uh, Was a Pokemon. Was that Vaporeon or something? Uh, it's named Nine Tails. Oh. Um, well, and these and these are all mystical Chinese. Creatures. Right. Um, the uh, the Pokemon is actually based on uh, what's called a Kitsune uh, from Japanese folklore. Which, um, if you watched, what's it called? Uh, Lovecraft Country. Mm. The Kitsune oh. was terrifying in that. It was an incredible, incredible thing in addition. It's to funny that. that you mentioned Lovecraft because the original Dweller in Darkness, if you look him up, he almost looks like a Cthulhu, mm. Lovecrafty yeah. type character. It's the closest thing we get, I think, in the MCU yeah. thus far. So this is one of my biggest criticisms of this film is that at this point, as I love the creature designs, but the CGI is pretty weak. You can tell they were pretty rushed working post-COVID. I love this CGI. I I it feels it. fantastical to me. I, it, it, I, like, I didn't expect this to feel real. I, ex I expected this to feel like... <clears throat> Other world. Like I, I didn't notice it either way. I didn't think it was bad. I found it to be pretty weak. The creature CGI specifically, personally. Interesting. For a I, 2021 MCU film. They're the all dragon looked okay. I think they put more money into the ones that interact, probably. Sure. That's true. They're all nestled well within the uncanny valley. And I think intentionally. You know what I mean? Like they're they're less horse, more dragon. Every time they're they're less lion and more dragon. Everything is made to be. It's supposed to make us uncomfortable. I think by intention. I I no. I I love the designs. I just feel like it felt rushed and it felt a a little weak compared to kind of some stuff we've come to expect. Eh, personal I thought opinion. They great. Yeah. Also, there's a difference. Marvel uses a lot of mocap on actual actors, and then there's some things that are just animated, so you could probably tell the difference. Well, you know? there's that. I mean, and Thanos looked okay because he looked like Josh Brolin. Well, he did, and they clearly put a lot of effort into Thanos. Like, but that's what I mean. The mocap tech and the just computer-generated image different. Yeah. No. Yeah. Com compared to different creating layers. something whole cloth. In the background. Yeah, that's yeah. just moving in the background. doesn't necessarily oh. have three dimensions. And uh, what is it that uh, Slattery says when he sees the, why is it looking at me like that? That's a direct quote from, what was that the movie? Shit, I can't think of it. But he says it to a goat in a, from the car. He's like, why is it looking at me like that? So oh. it's him referencing, God, I can't think of the movie. It's hmm. 20 years old. It was like early 2000s. It wasn't, it wasn't a... Uh... No, it wasn't Sexy Beast. Sexy Beast. Was it Sexy Beast? Yeah. Mm. Um, hmm. Wow, I didn't catch that. Um, all right, so uh, they get there uh, at the village. They are not immediately welcomed, but uh, we meet uh, Ying Nan, who is their aunt. She vouches for them, says they're allowed to stay. She explains the history of Talo. 
Has Talo ever seen a car? I don't think anybody's ever driven a car there. Well, they they call it a car, but yeah, I think it's pretty funny that they just drive. They just yeah. drive up. Yeah. Like in any other MCU thing, they would have used a portal. The fact that they used a car is beautiful to me. It is so stupid that it works. Even the the dad wing. Well, I mean, anyways, they they drove through he, a portal. He takes a car. Yeah, yeah, they did drive through a portal, but yeah. Um, so they, uh, let's see, thousands of years ago, um, the universe containing the village was attacked by the soul-consuming Dweller in Darkness and its soul eaters. It was saved by a dragon called the Great Protector, who helped seal the Dark Gate to the Dweller's world. Um, according to Nan, the Dweller in Darkness um, has been impersonating the wife so that when Wu will use the Ten Rings to open the gate... Shang Chi. That's something that it's been doing since it was captured. Is trying yeah. to lure people yeah. in to, to get it out. Mm-hmm. So we That's we a horror trope. We mm. briefly touched on the rings, and we're going to get into more of the dynamics of how the rings work and all that stuff. But Wen Wu is drawing energy from the world, right, from the yeah, outside yeah. world, and pushing it out of the rings. When we see so. the when we see the mom fighting with the rings, she is just controlling the rings with her own. Uh, her own moving them. Right, which and is also what Shang-Chi ends up doing when he's so we, his dad later. We see them as orange, right? Whenever somebody is using their own internal power. Not to get into the MCU too mm-hmm. much with the orange soul stone, soul energy is orange, whatever. Or the Kang it. energy. That's yeah. like the when it's nefarious, it's bluish. Yeah. yeah. It well, has that. I think that's them drawing on outside power, like being power hungry is blue. You know, they show it as blue energy, whatever. But him putting the rings back on, he's drawing from this outside power. That's where the voices started to creep into his head was because he's trying to absorb as much power and the thing is like, oh, cool, I can speak to that. Hmm. Yeah. The color's gonna... They keep fan theories and and leaks. It's like, um, for instance, the Time Authority, when their doorway portal opens... It's a different color than the one Reed Richards walks out of in mm. Multiverse of Madness. Now, comic-wise, that's Doctor Doom technology, but it's probably going to be Kang technology. Mm. So the colors do matter. We just don't know exactly yet. Uh, so, But I agree with you. I think it harnesses um, energy around itself. Quantum energy. Mm. Yeah. Um, so they, let's see, Shang-Chi, Xiaoling, and Katie join the villagers. They start training and preparing for Wenwu's arrival. Um, with dragon scale weapons, dragon scale weapons. Yep. Um, and it's a trope, but it's so great that it wasn't heavy handed that they, they allowed, um, Katie to find her true purpose without having one of those sloppy scenes of just like. If you just put your mind to it, you can, you know, like she find she says it, but finally realizes that she just gives up on it. She gets in her own way all the time. She yeah, she's just kind of kind of rambling to this woman, and the woman's like, "Okay, try this." Yeah, well, I, she uh, does get told at one point, "If you don't, I can't remember the exact phrase." Oh, she she says, uh, "If you aim at nothing, you hit nothing." Yeah, right. Which is what she's talking about. Like, she's never tried. It's not that she's failed at life. 
She hasn't gotten out of her own way. It's she a, has a degree from Stanford or from Berkeley. Berkeley, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which is a hard school to get into and a hard school to get a degree from. Oh yeah, and with honors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, an honors degree. Yeah, so it's 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 neat that she she is fully capable. Yeah, just and it have touches the on motivation. It touches on that stereotype without bringing it to the forefront of you know, out of any culture, maybe the East Indians as well, but. The Chinese, when they come to the United States, they expect the next generation to do worldly better. And, you know, that tiger mom attitude kind of yeah. thing. Like, we didn't come here and work shitty jobs so you that, can park cars. That is, an, yeah. that is an interesting aspect of this film, which we as four white dudes can't really understand or touch on, is that that pressure on especially Asian First generation, yeah. first generation Asian <laughs> Americans. Yeah. Our parents' generation, the boomers, they absolutely looked us in the eye and said, you're not going to have it better than we did. Oh, yeah. We promise. They were going like, to make fucking sure. Yeah. We're going to fuck you over pretty good, guys. Yeah. Like, oh, the first unions? one to drop that. They read the about it in a history book. Oh, everything. Yeah. I, we're going to invent credit scores out of thin air. Just a with you this movie does such a good job of defying stereotypes uh she katie drives really well she's the best driver in the mcu the stereotype is that asian women cannot drive Mm -hmm. i lived in hawaii for a long time and oh my god the number of people who told me that oh it's little japanese ladies on the road and i'm like i don't know it's kind of everybody we're all on the road and everybody is terrible at driving no no Um, people are terrible drivers human beings are objectively getting worse as somebody who just re-entered the car world um drivers are much worse than they were five years ago but (laughs) that's Mm -hmm. also i uh, there's something to be said about the yeah anyways um cell phones everywhere uh Mm. but katie defies all these expectations and it makes it so that, sorry, um, so that we can accept that Shang Chi is living up to a lot of these stereotypes. He truly is a very stereotypical. He is better than his parents. He is the sum of all of his parents. You know, if it had just been him doing that, it, this would have kind of felt flat. Mm. He's he's perfect. He's the savior of humanity. He is his children. He you know, he's better than his sister now. All that stuff. Like, yeah. But they defied all these stereotypes, which made that acceptable. It was like the sugar to make the medicine go down of like, of course, Shang-Chi is awesome. Because if he had just been awesome, that would have sucked. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. And they, you know, even when they're all in the bar, he's like, you know, well, growing up, I got made fun of for the reasons we all get made fun of. And they all just not. They don't go into it about the, you know, stupid shit that white people say and do the ting chang chong got all oh. that offensive fucking shit mm-hmm. but they but they mention it you know because that's a racism that doesn't get talked about that community doesn't really come out and talk about the racism they face so a lot of subtleties in here that real well done that bar scene by the way that was the pitch it uh I, I don't know what scene he showed, but Daniel Dustin Cretton showed a scene of four white people in a bar talking and then said, but imagine it with Asian people. Right. And <laughs> that what they have of, to say. That was part of his pitch to the executives at Marvel. And I thought that was brilliant. Like, this is the thing we're going to build this movie on. Right. Like, instead of like, oh, it's a kid whose dad is super blah, blah, blah. He's like, you guys know all that. But this is the thing I want in this movie to rotate around is this conversation in a bar with four people 
who are Asian. And we just have to accept that. Mm-hmm. So Wenwu and the Ten Rings arrive. They attack <laughs> the village. We get our big end battle. Uh, fighting in the village and then the personal battle between Shang-Chi and his daddy issues. Um, we found out um, this whole time uh, Shang-Chi has been telling uh, sorry, Katie, uh, that or insinuating that he didn't go through with the assassination, but he finally admits to her that he did, and that's why he ran. Yeah, he couldn't take it. He couldn't take having blood on his hand. Yeah, his which, father's blood, not which his is father's so literal much blood. Better. He is capable of pulling the trigger. Mm-hmm. He is fully capable of doing it, but with remorse. Yeah, yeah. It's the um, early, it's Michael Corleone in the first Godfather. Yeah. Yes. I'm definitely going to shoot that guy for my dad, but what the fuck am I getting myself into? Mm-hmm. In an important moment, because Auntie Nan told him to accept all of himself. Yes. Uh, in Bad order and to... And so... we see him flashback to memories of his mother, and we then we see him flashback mm-hmm. to memories of his father, and he's accepting both sides, yeah. This movie did such a good job of patching all that stuff together to culminate in this moment, too all those earlier flashbacks that were story moments are now just him remembering mm-hmm. instead of him just remembering throughout the whole movie. Well, and it's so very light handed. Like Al just said, you know, they could have gone into some hokum uh, about balance. The universe finds balance and, you know, it's, yin and yang. Now somebody had said some yin contrived and yang. shit. Instead, she was like what you would tell anyone in any culture. We are who we are, the bad and the good. That's, that's what we are made of. Instead, it could have been so, like the fish, they swim and they, <laughs> they, they find they, balance. And, they made it universal. Yeah, this yeah, movie yeah. was not made for, lot of white, moments. for white people to understand Asian culture. It was just made oh. for people yeah. to understand people. humanity, Yeah, basically. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, um, we didn't mention the funniest scene in the movie trevor admitting that he never caught on the planet of the apes that they were not oh my god that was hilarious that was amazing he's like and that's when i realized they were just pretending to act if those monkeys could act so could i how did they teach those monkeys to to ride horses oh they're the monkeys aren't riding horses the monkeys are acting like they're riding horses that's what was his takeaway and then you think that he finally realized it but no he's still operating under the like they were pretending to act (laughs) they weren't pretending to be people they were pretending to act i love bing so much oh my god yes this well and and just remember how upset people were about the reveal that the mandarin was an actor Mm. That he was white, that he was a British actor. Yeah, like... And he, now it makes absolute it's, sense. It's perfect. He thought he was a BBC producer, but it turns out he was a terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, and I love the, the, uh, the yeah, the suggestion that, <laughs> that you, it's easy to mistake a BBC, a terrorist for a BBC producer. <laughs> yeah, he's not even discontent at his station at this point. No. He's still just practicing lines from Shakespeare. He's just happy to be acting. <laughs> He's like, this is where I'm at now. Oh, and did we mention that Morris, he's like, oh, you can see him. Oh, thank God. I thought I lost my fucking mind. (laughs) That was the thing he thought he lost his mind over. Right. Nobody talks to him, I'm sure. 
I, I loved their reaction, uh, Katie and Sean's reaction when the when Morris come first reveals himself. Um, it's yeah. just part of the chemistry between those two um actors throughout this movie. But just right. the, oh my god. <laughs> and genuine. You know, <laughs> yeah. so often in the Marvel universe, people just look out, you know, <laughs> like Rocket speaks and Tony's just like, I thought that was a builder bear. It's like, okay, that's a cute line, but that's a talking raccoon. Do you want to go back to that? Or <laughs> <laughs> all right. So Wen Wu eventually overpowers Shang-Chi, pushes him into the lake, and attacks the gate with the rings. This allows some of the soul eaters to escape. Uh the ten rings and the villagers decide to join forces to fight them. Um uh, uh let's see. While he's in the lake, the Great Protector uh, revives Shang-Chi. He's the dragon, and uh, Shang-Chi rides the dragon in from the lake to battle the Soul Eaters. When Wu and Shang-Chi fight some more, Shang-Chi gains the upper hand by gaining power over some of the rings. Um, they Trevor and Morris play dead. Yes, Trevor and Morris they're, pretend, yeah. They're acting. Uh, I love it. he's playing dead, but he... he, he he coats it and, and I'm acting dead. Like it's okay because well, he's an actor. Morris is mourning his death and he tells him, like, no, I'm acting, love. And just like they both lie down together. <laughs> yeah, Morris yeah. little flops on his back. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh the dweller in the darkness escapes from the gates. He attacks Shang-Chi. Wen Wu sacrifices himself, saving Shang-Chi and giving him the rings before the dweller in the darkness kills him. Uh, Shang-Chi, the great protector, Xiaoling and Katie work together to slay the dweller in the darkness. Uh, Tony Leung, man, the look on his face, again, this guy, one of the best actors that's ever been in the MCU. He looks at his kid and it speaks volumes of like, oh, oh my God, I did this. Yeah, the spell, the spell is broken. You know, he he knew his wife wasn't in there. I'm so sorry. Here have my rings. Yeah. All without words. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. With these rings, great. Ivy bled. Yeah. Because <laughs> if that had been like fucking Howard Stark to Tony, he'd have been like, Tony, you're the chosen. I love you, my son. I put my brain inside your brain. You're meant to carry on the future. Like, we've Remember heard Howard Stark say shareholders. <laughs> yeah. Tony, keep our generational wealth intact. <laughs> Lobby Congress to keep tax rates low, please. <laughs> You got it, Dad. Uh, by Twitter. Um, so <laughs> Tony Stark would absolutely have bought Twitter. Anyways. Oh yeah, yeah. He would have started it. He'd yeah. have put it in our brains and charged us twenty dollars a day for it, like he did with extremists. <laughs> yeah. Uh, later we get the funeral ceremony for those that fell in battle. With it's very pretty with all the paper lanterns. Um. We voice over back into the bar where they're telling their old friend and her husband again about their adventures. We're back in the, the bar from the beginning of the movie. Uh, their friend doesn't believe their story until Wong shows up through a portal and takes them to Kamertaj. Benedict Wong, uh, obviously on this, on this set, whatever, he didn't tell the two actors that he was going to pull their chairs apart. <laughs> So their their like shocked response is real, huh. and him s- slamming that drink was also improvised. Nice, I love it. They they were the the audio commentary they talk about. They're like, 
the dude shows up and just the set is way more lively when he's there because he's kind of this energetic powerful that's what i mean i love that they're doing that now that now you just don't know when wong's gonna walk through a portal but it's exciting when he does i wonder how much of that came from like the first doctor strange movie of just them realizing like oh my god he he is eating up the scenery every time he's on screen oh yeah every Every time that dude's on screen he just steals it so i i don't know if they had planned on wong being that or if that just was a natural result of his chemistry on screen yeah um so we uh credits roll then we get our mid-credits sequence wong shang chi um and Katie are with Bruce Banner and Carol Danvers holograms researching the ring's origin. They discover the rings are acting as a beacon to something. And that they have an unknown origin. Yeah. She, she hasn't even seen it in any alien tech and she's been everywhere. Right. Yeah. It's like it comes from a different realm, some sort of quantum realm. <laughs> quantum realm. Yeah. So then he tells them to go home and stay safe. It's like, oh, we should do that. Or, and then party, <laughs> and then we get our Hotel California third beat. Yeah, yeah. Um, Taking Cret- Wong out to karaoke. Cretton had tried to put this in every single movie he's made. It's like I always wanted to put Hotel California in a movie, but I'd never been able to afford it. Oh man, that's awesome. And it's great that he used the three the three P part for yeah. that too. Like yeah. just to, you know, have her say it in. And then she does it. In the fight. Yeah. And then we get to see the song. Yeah. Then she says it. Yeah. No, there's the first beat where it's, and then the second beat where it, or first beat is introduced, second beat, it's amplified, third beat, um, it's, it's reversed. I love the way that the the karaoke scenes are are played too. Because at one point we see them asleep in the karaoke bar. Mm -hmm. Earlier in the movie, we see them asleep. They're locked rooms. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know if you guys have ever been to like a Japanese karaoke bar before or a Chinese karaoke bar, but it's the funnest thing to do with a group of friends because it's just you. Yeah. I know. Just you. <laughs> I thought about opening, well, not thought about as if I could, but there should be one in Tucson. I would there be was. Awesome. was um, there? Yeah, there was. Yeah, one. there might have been. I think it's yeah. closed after COVID. Mm. I think it was Korea. But it seems like the perfect COVID social, you know, you. You form a bubble. You get locked in the room with your buddies. Microphones are hard to clean, man. Mm, I love that. I love that uh, Katie and Sean have been through all of this life-changing stuff, and they're still party animals. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hasn't yeah. changed. Um, then we get a post-credit scene. Xiaoling has the new leader of the Ten Rings. She's training women and men together. Um, and this is despite Shang-Chi being told that she was going to disband the organization. Bunch of affirmative action bullshit. Um, I love the way she... Co- <laughs> <laughs> I love the way she uh, sits on that throne and the pullout, and we've got, like, the hip-hop play and, like... That, graffiti that, there's everywhere graffiti on, on the it, castle. Yeah. I love the She's vibe. I love well, the vibe she brought. Were those tech towers new? Yes. I believe so. I, I thought so, too. They They looked... I, I didn't remember seeing them in the, the scene before when we saw the fortress. I thought that too. Um, and the, the way that she carries the torch of her father's organization, the hook swords. She's the heir apparent. Yes. I mean, Absolutely. keeping the castle, sitting on the throne, being, I don't want to call her arrogant, but very confident mm-hmm. in the fact that. Right. She doesn't disband the Ten Rings. 
she takes over as this, you know, centuries old organization. Yeah. She reforms them essentially. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. I think they'll be a force for good. It's 10 rings it's- 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah. Now with more blade thingies on a rope. <laughs> now with more razor fists. <laughs> well, and and razor fist is now her right hand man. Um, there was a deleted uh-huh. scene, so to speak. Oh yeah, because so. he only has one. <laughs> For you will. Um, there was a deleted scene. It's implied pretty heavily that Razor Fist is their half sibling. Ah, oh, interesting. Mm. So that's that's kind of neat that that he is possibly their brother. Hmm. That he fell in love with a razor fisted woman. <laughs> it's it's a unfortunate. Razor fisted woman. It's unfortunate that I did not uh, do a little deeper dive into Razor Fist uh, for the the research. It's Razor Fist. We'll get to him down in the Louisiana, close to New Orleans. Yeah, we know his. Yeah, we, but yeah, <laughs> lived a country boy <laughs> named Razor Fist. Named Razor Fist, not Razor Hand. No. You can't even make a fist <laughs> or, or Razor Arm. You know, or, it's or like just, yeah, it's, it's or like, just razor, <laughs> razor fist. Like a fist is one of the few things it can't do. What couldn't it just have been his name? Oh yeah, yeah. like he was just a badass. It could just be Henry, the yeah. guy with a razor for an arm. Yeah. No, no, no. But they it, leave. It's him. only useful in the bus scene to slice yeah. the bus. In no, no. Well, and he it. also works in the in the kitchen. He does a lot of prep. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, He's Edward, that like Edward Scissorhands. He was. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, or, he's a, or the lightsaber that toasts your bread as you slice it. Celery chopping <laughs> machine, chicken slaughtering. Any, the, they're endless. Of, um. So yeah, that's it, guys. Any final thoughts and answered questions? No, I like it. I still like it. I all. think it's it's yeah. probably the strongest thing from uh, phase four. Phase four. So yeah. Well, you guys ready to go ahead and rank it? Yes. Oh, yeah. I forgot we have to do that. Yeah. We're back to ranking shit. <laughs> Where's Black Panther? Oh, we got Black Panther. <laughs> Where is he? Black Panther, we have at number nine. Um, uh, here, let me make this a little bigger for you guys. Um, Yeah. Black Panther is at number nine, right under Thor Ragnarok. And the Suicide Squad. Um, above black, above uh, Iron Man. I don't know if it's better than Iron Man. I don't. I think that it, it's close. I. I think you guys all like it a little more than I do. Um. So, but. Um, Where would you put it, bro? Personally, personally, I would put it down here around Ant Man or Black Widow. Hmm. Okay, that works for me. I, prob- I liked Black Widow as well, which is probably unpopular. But, um, I did. Too. I liked the second Ant Man more than the first Ant Man. Mm. Um. Yeah. I mean, I I like this movie, but for me, it's a solid B minus. It's not. All right. Yeah. So what? Twenty six. Well, I know Brian like likes it a lot higher. What 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 are your thoughts, Al? Well. Um. Uh, I'm kind of with you. Most there were so many good parts of the movie, but there were times, like Brian mentioned before, is like, oh wait, there's an hour left. 
um, where it felt like we were much closer to the end. Um, I mean, there, I, there were times that it just the pacing was off. Yeah, I felt like it had pacing issues, and honestly, the big CGI creature battle at the end was half a step away from being a sky beam for me it, personally. It almost sky beamed at the very, very end, and I'm so glad they did. That the giant CGI creature battle at the end felt a little boring to me. I've seen a lot of CGI battles. Yeah, it got a little mushy. Yeah, um, but you know, um, but um, Ant Man and Black Widow are still strong movies yeah this is still a strong movie but i mean it's yeah like i said it's a decent place to to put them put this one i think uh around there all right i I know brian was lobbying a little higher but um so do we want to do we want to go ahead and then maybe slap it between captain marvel and ant-man Knock it up a, a a notch at least for for Brian's. Uh... I think this is better than Captain Marvel. That's just me. Yeah. Um, just going up the ladder is it better than Joker? I think a lot of things are better than Joker. Yeah, Joker. <laughs> I found. I think a good bowel movement. I I can a hard stop for me is the first Spider Man. I cannot put it above that. And Days of Future Past is the best X-Men movie we got. Yeah, I would put it uh, under Days of Future Past. Sold. All right. There we go. We are putting it at number 24 um, on our big list in between Days of Future Past and Joker, which means it is time to look forward to next week's movie. And next week, we're going to be watching Venom 2, (laughs) The Venomine. (laughs) <laughs> carnage. Yeah, let there be carnage. Yeah, Venom 2, let there be carnage. Um, Andy Serkis directed this, though. He did. He did. Um, Andy Serkis, <laughs> who was recently very awesome on Andor. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that is next week on Harmless Phosphorescence. Until then, thanks for hanging out with us. This is Faceless Puffball Throw Smiley. Uh, my name is Josh CC, and I thought this movie was about the Bengals. I'm Brian Lesh, and we should probably do the responsible thing and go home. Or... or... I'm Al Eric Weber, and every time I've tried to drive a bus, I get yelled at. <laughs> every time. <laughs> every single time. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.